you're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Jonah Kinnigstein. Uh, Jonah's, yes. Jonah's uh, latest book is, or book, uh, is The Emperor's New Clothes, out from Fan right. Graphics a couple of years ago. Um, now, uh, I was saying before, we uh, it's kind of a, an evisceration of uh, modern art, or modern artists, and the institution yeah. that supports it. Yes, that's right. Um, now, you've been painting, uh, kind of involved in the art community, I guess, uh, in the 50s was when you started exhibiting yourself? Um, well, I, I, exhibiting myself? Or no, your... it wasn't, in, not in the 50s I wasn't exhibiting myself, you know. Oh. I've been a painter all my life to okay. begin with. And... Um, I, I was just a painter. I, I went to Paris. I lived there for three years. Came home. Uh, had different jobs and display. I uh, display work for stores. I did commercial art, like illustrations and stuff, aside from my oil painting. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's how I managed to uh, survive, I guess, by doing different jobs. Um, now, tell me a bit about the oil paintings uh, that you're making um, before doing comic-type work. Oh, well, I'm still painting. Okay. Yeah, I just got into to, uh, making cartoons because I felt uh, I didn't like the way they... Um, the museums were showing art and what happened to art, you know, it went not in the way I was happy about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I couldn't understand it. And so uh, when I, uh, I got so that I had to make cartoons about it, you know, make fun of it. And um, after about, about 1980 or so, I started uh, making cartoons and gluing them up in the street in Soho. Mm -hmm. And I got mixed reviews, got into almost fights with people who went by. You know, it's an artist community there, and the people who are artists, some of them loved them and some of them hated them. And uh, that's the way it went. What were some um, things that... Uh, made you want to do uh, this response in a in a comic way? Um, was well, I think that was the quickest way. I mean, to get um, to get my ideas across. Mm-hmm. That was the quickest way, you know, making cartoons and making fun of of these artists or the, the uh, people who are curators of museums and so on. One of the things people, that... Oh, go ahead. People who review paintings, yes, I... Uh, what I did is I made fun of them, yes, in my cartoons. Now, one of the things I've heard um, kind of comparing your work to is like uh, William Hogarth's uh, depictions of um, Bowdy, England... Uh, and I'm wondering if that any of that was kind of influential to you of just kind of showing 
things in that like in their worst way um and i'm also thinking of like older like german woodcut type things like who uh william hogarth he did the the street scenes i think in the 19th century of england of just like the prostitutes oh. and that kind of stuff there Oh yeah, you you're speaking about the um, the early cartoons, eighteen hundred, seventeen hundred. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were exciting because they got something to say. They did, really did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the last time, as far as I'm concerned, that uh, <laughs> that um, um, art was important. It seemed to me, you know, they were really speaking to people. I mean, and then they they lost that. They lost it. And um, you go to museums today and you don't see that anymore. Um, Now, the... When you started doing the the Black and White, the Ink comic work, um, and you were pasting them up, um, did you think you would keep going with it? Um, because you said it started in the eighties and you're still doing stuff like that recently. Yeah, I still, now I do political cartoons and things like that. I mean, I got the opportunity with our president, you know, to make some terrific cartoons. I think, you know, he's, he's a gift to the (laughs) cartoonists. Has there ever been a time where you've seen, uh, where you've kind of been so responsive to something political like this? Well, I, yes, all the time. All the time I've, I've seen things that, I, that move me politically one way or another. Mm-hmm. And um, today, I mean, certainly we have Trump as a president, and he, he's just a gift to all comedians, you know, and to all artists. And I've made a lot of cartoons about him. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're not in the book because he came after the book. Um, now Trump's kind of special in the way that I mean he's such an extreme. Uh, but I'm wondering if there are other particular figures in the past that have stuck out to you in a similar way. Well, I had it in for for all the uh, curators, the the galleries, and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Did anyone? that you depicted in these works uh, see any of it or respond to any of it? Yeah, a few people. few people. Unfavorably, I'm presuming? Well, I didn't get so much unfavorable, you know. What I got is just uh, almost no, no real... Uh, Questions were asked, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the settings that you put the work in, uh, or put the characters in. Um, I've seen Coney Island kind of as a reference point for you. Yeah. In some yeah. of your paintings and stuff, and I'm wondering about your interest in Coney Island. Uh, That's right. And how that kind of I follows mean, through. a lot of things strike me uh, as is ridiculous. Uh, as some of the things I saw in, in Coney Island, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Was it a regular destination when you were younger? Well, you see, I, I, I lived in Coney Island before this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Coney Island, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. And then uh, spent some time in the war. And when I came back, um, I was in Manhattan, lived in Manhattan for a while. And eventually, I I got married, and uh, I'm I'm living in Brooklyn again. Mm-hmm. So Coney Island always has like a special place for you. Oh yes, it did have a special place for me. Yeah. The um, the way you kind of portray it with the artist, uh, are you thinking like at a particular time in Coney Island? Uh, that sticks out to you, um, or is it just more of an idea of Coney Island? No, I mean, I, you just have to go there and see what's going on, you know. You see this uh, manufactured fun fun time, and uh, I can see the, the craziness of some of the things happening, and I can relate it to art. Mm-hmm. And is that kind of how you see the modern art that you're kind of pushing up against some of it yes manufactured yeah yeah and some of the characters i use of course everybody knows about the people who own certain galleries people people's names and uh who were popular during the 50s and 60s and so on Mm -hmm. uh it's like i've known um do you know jerry moriarty He's a, no, I don't. He's a a, a cartoonist uh, who started in um, abstract painting, but uh-huh. um, in the seventies he started doing these full size um, paintings about his dad, about his dad's early death, and just like as one page comic strips. Yeah, and they're really neat. And, I, and it's there's something I think about um, how that kind of emotional quality that Jerry brought out from his work when he moved into like the more figurative stuff uh, and kind of finding that personal. You mean this painter you're speaking about went from abstract to some figurative work? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm wondering for yourself, um, when you're making these work, do you feel like an emotional connection uh, like a catharsis when you're drawing these things? I, I don't get the question, really. Um, for your When you're making your own art, when you're doing these, these comics, these cartoons, um, do you have a catharsis? Like, kind of an emotional release from it? <laughs> an emotional release? Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> 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 you have a lot of frustration with the with the the modern art. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I just went to see the uh, Whitney Museum Biennial. I mean, it was just a lot of garbage as far as I was concerned, you know. And they've been doing this for a long time. Is there any art that you've seen recently that you've been you've enjoyed that you've Excuse seen? Me? Is there stuff you've seen recently that you've enjoyed and gotten something out of? Um, 
is or is it all pretty abstract of, of what you're seeing in the in the galleries well there? if it's not abstract then you know it's just um a lot of colors you know and uh it's just it's just not the art that I, I know. You know, the last time I saw anything that was anything were from abstract expressionist sort of was a long time ago. And I, it's not of my period, you know. Mm-hmm. I saw the uh, German expressionists. Now, that was the last time I saw anything good, you know, in art. Are you familiar with the German expressionist art? Some of it. Um, yeah. My background is more comic, so my fine art is kind of hit and miss as far as stuff. Like, who are some of the the expressionist artists that you that that really struck out to you from the exhibit you saw? Some of the uh, expressionists. Yeah, that you really you quite enjoyed. Well, you got George Gross. You got Otto Dix. You have all people like that, you know, who were in the, I, I don't know, I mean, all that thing, the feeling of trying to say something in art, you know, is going out the window. You spent time in, in France. Um, was the art you were encountering there uh, different from what you were seeing in New York in the fine art at that time? Well, they had more to say, it seemed like. It's, they had more to say in the German Expressionists. Yes, they did. I mean, uh, very few people interested me, you know, afterward. Do you see um, your comic work uh, or cartoon work uh, kind of connected to the oil paintings you were making before? Oh, or you're yeah. Making? I, yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of the comics I made, <clears throat> I, I've I've made oil paintings of. Of course, it's it's got a, it's a little different from looking at a cartoon, mm-hmm. but uh, I have made them, and uh, it's 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 uh, really expressionistic work. Do you? How do you feel the work changes? Um, what you're seeing from moving it from the cartoon. To the to the oil painting. Well, <clears throat> like a um, a cartoon's very. You, you look at it. You have to get the. Um, you get an impression very quickly. Mm-hmm. If you don't get that impression from a cartoon, and uh, you just can't like um, hang around it very long. An oil painting is different. An oil painting is you, you could make it, and then you can really enjoy a lot of parts of it. You can enjoy it for uh, from from color, from from the abstract quality, from the light and dark, from so many points of view. You, uh, an ordinary cartoon is a simplified version of it, but it must be very fast, and uh, it, it's got to strike you quickly. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between a cartoon and a painting. Um, w- w- one of the things about your work, uh, and it is all very striking and I'm wondering, um, it, it's, th- are you able to kind of capture that same f- immediate violence, um, with the painting that you do with the cartoons? Yeah, I think I can. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. 
in a lot of the stuff, yeah. Well, I mean, are you, are you not familiar with my painting, so I mean, like... I've s- I, s- talk- I was looking online, I saw some, but yeah, not a lot of paintings, no. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> I should send you some uh, some painting pictures, you know, maybe you get a, you'd get a better idea of the things. Mm-hmm. Um... I want to talk about the process of uh, putting one of these pieces together. Um, yeah. Do you kind of have a general idea um, of what the image is going to look like? Or do you kind of let Before it... Before I do it? Yeah. Like, I'm wondering how much uh, you kind of let develop in the process, or if you kind of really have, like, something, like a particular issue you really want to well, I tell you, I work a lot of different ways. You know, there's some things like uh, that I see with my eyes. Other, other times, a photograph might uh, encourage me to do something along those lines. And uh, just thoughts about things, you know, just as, as I see them, you know, in my mind's eye. So uh, that's, that's what I paint. But I have painted the cartoons. And I paint, and I have painted things from my drawings, which are not cartoons. A lot of them, mm-hmm. they're just uh, drawings, either pencil drawings or pen drawings, and uh, they're not really cartoons. <clears throat> Do, is so that... I paint. I paint from imagination. I paint from a lot of uh, a lot of points of view. Yeah. Now your current work, uh, looking at Donald Trump. Um, you talk about the comedic aspects and I'm wondering about just kind of the response of dealing with uh, such a horrid reality at the same time. You're speaking about my political cartoons, Yeah. Right? Well, everyone likes them because <laughs> the people that surround me, I mean, hate Trump. Yeah. You see, anything that goes against Trump, naturally, <laughs> they find it... Uh, amusing, yeah, and um, so that um, I have more, <laughs> I have more success with with the cartoons as far as people liking what I do than the paintings. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things uh, with the cartoons and the and the way you do Trump is, um, I, I think people really probably enjoy just how you're able to like just tear him apart in a way or just kind of it's easy it's yeah. very easy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's god's gift he's god's gift to the the comic artists <laughs> it sounds like you get a lot of enjoyment uh well i do with Trump enjoy stuff. it that's yeah, true <laughs> Have you had I mean, work? Really, someone has to puncture his balloon, and that's all he's got there is a balloon, you know. Yeah. Is uh, is he someone who like because living in New York and having to see uh, his ostentatiousness over the years? Uh, is he especially grating on that level to you? The man is out of order. He's a little bit nuts, you know, really out of his mind. He's the kind of a thing you just have to meet once, you know what I mean, and hear what he has to say. and You, you just don't want to be around a character like him. Yeah. You just don't want any part of this character. 
You know, I mean, and then becoming president. Well, you got to ask yourself, I mean, how in the world did it happen? And and when you think about it for a while, you begin to have another idea about the United States. You know, here I am living in New York. You know, yeah. And and you begin to think that the whole country isn't New York. I mean, there are lots of people outside of New York that make up the United States. And he's he's a character that, I mean, makes you wake up to the fact that not everything is so wonderful around here. No. That's it. Have you ever seen such, like, hate coming from people that go along with his rise? Oh, my God. It's, it seems like he's trying to justify, I mean, everything that he says, you know, nobody can, t- first of all, I mean, he's a tremendous liar. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that comes out of his mouth that isn't a lie. And then the, the people who try to justify what he's saying is, it could happen. It is. It, I may not have heard of it, but he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows things like, he knows more than the generals. He says so. If it wasn't for him, you know, the whole world would collapse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, uh, I was in, because I'm in Canada, so, yeah, you know, I'm pretty thankful about that. But I remember I was down in the States in October. I was in Columbus, in Ohio. Yeah. And uh, it was really striking talking to my friends who, one friend who um, lives in kind of rural Illinois and just how he's surrounded by Trump flags everywhere Yeah. before the election and just how it's uh, such a big part of rural America. <laughs> Jesus, it's, it's incredible. It's just incredible. It blows my mind to, to know what's going on today, you know? I mean, it's somewhere... I don't know where he got all of this stuff. I think from his father, you know? I think his father taught him a lot, you know? Uh, How to get along by lying, you know? It's the only way to exist is by lying. There's nothing that comes into his head that's got any truth in it (laughs) whatsoever. Is there any comparison to, like, life under Trump to, say, life under Nixon or... Oh, yeah, but none of them, really, none of them compare to this man. Yeah. This man is a thing all by himself. I mean, he, he belongs in an institution. Mm-hmm. And then I don't doubt it in the, in the least. Yeah. Nixon was less crazy and more conniving. He, he, no, he, he really wasn't to me, you know. <laughs> But I mean, this this guy has got—he's just evil. Yeah. Um. Is uh, you said folks have really been getting into your Trump work. Where have you been posting it for people to see? Well, I have to. I haven't got too many uh, places really to place it. You know, I. Um, I may have come out with another book, and it'd probably be all my cartoons, all the political cartoons, but hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. And then there are 
things I send around to different people, they're just friends of mine. So, I mean, it doesn't go too far. And that's it. Yeah. You should uh, post them online for folks to see. What's something. that? It's, you should get folks to post them online more. I remember seeing some that the Comics Journal uh, posted when oh, Gary yeah? interviewed you. And that was yeah. really neat. Um, how often do you find yourself making new comics? Well, I could be making them every day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do you find yourself focusing more on comics than on, on oil painting? Uh, well, I do them in between, you know? I, I make more paintings than I do cartoons, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is it kind of a way to, like, refresh yourself or just kind of change gears on how you're working? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You could say that, you know, because, uh, like I said, you know, cartoons are different from painting in the respect that uh, whatever you draw has to catch your eye immediately. Mm -hmm. Whereas in painting, you know, it might come slower to you. But um, naturally, I'm a painter, so I get greater satisfaction from painting. But uh, you brought up the old cartoons, you know, of um, that was English cartoons mm -hmm. of seventeen hundred and so on. Well, of course, they were really great. There's no question about it. They were marvelous draftsmen, and uh, there's very few people I could speak of who reaches that height. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked at uh, Ralph Steadman's work? Ralph Steadman? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah, I like his work a lot. Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, he doesn't remember it, but uh, when I was looking for work, you know, as an illustrator, he, he was an art um, director. Uh, in the 40s, I think it was, the, um, I'm speaking about streets now, 40th Street, somewhere in there, 38 maybe, Um I went to get a job from who I, I didn't know who Ralph Steadman was then. He was just an art director just for a moment, you know. Oh, okay. And I and I got a job from him that I did uh, a book on astrology. <laughs> and I remember him he had his feet up on a desk at the time like a and I you couldn't help but see that he's wearing cowboy boots, you know. It was kind of funny to me. But um, later on, when I realized, you know, that not just a, a few years later on, but many years later on, that this art director really was an artist, you know, mm -hmm. and in many ways. And I appreciated his work, you know, really. But I, never, I wanted to get to meet him one day, tell him I worked for him. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully he comes over to America again soon yeah um i was thinking about uh this one particular nixon piece he did uh, oh yeah oh where... i know some of his yeah i got some of his books <laughs> they're fantastic yeah incredible he he's a guy you get right away you know you don't have to think about you know he blows you away with his cartoons they're mm -hmm. excellent there's uh there's something he does very loose 
uh, but it, it, it hits. He knows kind of how to hit those notes. It's like a jazz. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy loves taking that that pen of his, you know, and dipping it in the vitriol, and just um, making drips on the paper, and then putting it together in his head, you know, and it's just a great talent. I was thinking about your work uh, because I yeah. mean, you, you know, we talked about the vitriol and um, about how you really like you fill the space. You talk about this immediate thing where you kind of get the idea right away but with your drawings you can also spend like half an hour on a cartoon just looking at all the things happening in there well not too many people are making that kind of work actually you know in a cartoon where you're you know noticing oh my god look what he said here you know and then look look what's happening then here and so on um they're just not as great as the English cartoonists, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, the Daily News has got this uh, brand, uh, I forgot his name. Anyways, the Daily News in New York comes out with the uh, guys, some pretty good cartoonists. He catches, oh, he hates, of course, uh, Trump, and he does come up with some really beautiful cartoons. But they, they really strike you immediately. You don't have to think about it. <laughs> Um, as you're kind of filling the page and adding in these little details, um, yeah, that's the things I was wondering about as far as like, is that in your immediate idea or is it just more things you put in and you pack into this drawing and just kind of fill it up? Like, oh, this is good. This works. I'm going to add this too. Well, what happens in drawing, of course, you know, you're making it, you know, with an idea that you had. Yeah. But many times while you're drawing, you know, you begin to see other things that you could use and you just add it to yeah. the cartoon. And uh, it, you don't always see it at first, but as you're doing it, you, your mind is working on the thing and, you know, you might want to add this little thing or that, you know, and so on. That, that's the way I make cartoons anyway. I love it. Um one of the other kind of themes I'm thinking about with your work is kind of, um, especially with the Emperor's New Clothes, is how um, religion fits with it. And some of, some of the pieces, um, I was thinking the, the Iconoclast, um, where it's kind of like a Jesus's Last Supper yeah type thing and i'm wondering about the interest because some of the oil paintings i saw also work on uh religious motifs yeah well they're not really they're anti-religious yeah motifs you know well of course i'm making fun of them too you know i think that uh it's kind of ridiculous they're fairy tales and they keep repeating the same thing over and over again and it's really got nothing to do with truth today it just happens, and these keep and religion is really the poison that everybody is just taken taken in, you know, by these religious figures. And uh, sometimes I paint them, and uh, sometimes I don't really, you know. It's less. It's not working with the iconography, but pushing against the iconography. Um. Well, I use them to make fun, you know, the religious figures, mm-hmm. as much as I do political figures, you know. 
Um, now, a reminder, folks, I've been talking to Jonah Kidigstein and his book from Fantagraphics, which I think is actually sold out now, uh, possibly, but hopefully there's more stuff to come. The Emperor's New Clothes. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Jonah. Oh, well, it was fun. Uh, I appreciate you taking yeah. the time out of your yeah. evening. And, uh, All right, maybe when you're in New York, you know, you could knock on my door. I would love that.